Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Good morning, church. How are we doing today? Hey, I'm, I'm really excited to be up here speaking today. Um, and I know often that when you see Brandon come up here, your first thought is, I'm going to be one of the last in line at El Camino. And I know that one of your fir- one of your first thoughts when I'm up here speaking is, I'm going to be one of the first ones in line at El Camino. I'm going to try to continue that, that trend. Um, but I do have a lot, a lot, a lot of verses that I'm going to be putting on the screen. Not just points that I'm going to be making, but verses that I'm going to be putting on the screen. So um, run with me. Um, if you're taking notes, take notes as quickly as you can. Um, we're going we're gonna to get through this, but um, if, the, if God's nudging on your heart at any time, I just encourage you, like, write down the scripture, put a star on it, but let's keep running together, because um, I feel like God's got a lot that he wants to say in this short period of time. Um, and today, we're still in our series on Matthew, and we're in Matthew chapter 5, but we're just going to be camped out there for just a short period of time. Every verse, most verses that I'm going to be talking about today are going to be on the screen, uh, so here we go. We're in Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 through 37 today. And this is Jesus talking. He says, Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not even swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you can't even make one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. And to be super honest with you, I was preparing for this message, and I read this, and I, th- I have two thoughts in my head. The first one is, it feels, a lot of times it can really feel like this is one of those passages of Scripture that you just move on past. Like, okay, don't take oaths, got it. And then you move on. Because we really love the John 3.16s and the Roman 8s, like what Mike was talking about, in different passages. But I believe that God's got a lot of richness in this passage. Um, the other one is I thought, like I said, I thought it was a very self-explanatory text. Don't make oaths. Don't make vows. Don't make promises that you can't keep. It seems in general like a, a, a common text, but again, I think God's got a lot of richness that he wants us to take from it. And so I started out by asking a question when I wrote this message because Jesus says, don't make promises. Don't take oaths. And um, I thought to myself, is there any example in Scripture in which a person took an oath or made a promise to somebody and it ended up working out in their favor? And the answer is no. There is no example in Scripture where that happens. And it just, it just goes to show the point that, that God knows what he's talking about. He knows not just things that he, he wants us to spend eternity with him in heaven, but he's also going to give us principles in life that are going to help us here and now. And one of those is don't make oaths, don't make promises. But I want to just give you two examples from Scripture where somebody made an oath. And we'll, you'll see that in the passage it talks about the pain or the hurt that they felt because they made that promise. Um, and I'm not cherry-picking from Scripture. These are just two examples. But any example you find, you won't be able to find one in the affirmative. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 7 through 9, it says, He, talking about the king at the time, He promised with an oath to give his daughter whatever she asked for. Prompted by her mother, she said, 
Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. That was her request. And so the king was distressed. The king was saddened by that statement, by that request. But because of the oath that he took, and because of the people present at dinner, he ordered that the request be granted. It brought him great distress. God knows what he's talking about when he says, don't do this. The other one is when Jesus is on trial. Jesus is on trial before he gets crucified. Jesus tells Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And this is that account. This is that moment where Peter denies Jesus. It says in Matthew 26, Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came out to him and said, You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before all of them. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he, and then he went out to the gateway where another girl saw him, and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. And he said, I don't know that man. The passage goes on to say that he denies him a third time. The rooster crows. And then he and Jesus lock eyes. And without Jesus even needing to say anything, Peter realized, I messed up. I just denied my Savior. There's never a moment in Scripture where the Bible says taking an oath... A person took an oath, and they loved it. It paid off big time. It never does. God knows what he's talking about. And I think that the Bible, in this passage of Matthew 5 that we're in, it gives us two words. It gives us that word oath that we would typically know as like a promise, or you're making a statement on your name, or on, on the Lord's name, or you're, you're saying, I can do this, or I, I promise you that this is going to happen. That's that's one one of the words. But there's another word that's tied to this passage that actually translates best to the word fence, like a common fence that you would see. And what Jesus is saying here is we shouldn't do this because it is a boundary in our life that we should never cross. And Jesus is very clear in Scripture. God is very clear in Scripture as it relates to the words we say. God gives us a lot of very healthy boundaries that we should definitely not cross, very wise fences that we should have up in our life. And I want to just give you a couple of those. I want to talk about why God gives us those. Point number one is the words that I say, my words direct my direction. My my words dictate my direction. The words I say tell me where I'm going. If I tell myself, hey, I cannot accomplish this goal, you are not going to accomplish this goal. In the Bible, it actually tells us that... um, In the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers, chapter 12, that Moses uh, wanted to enter the promised land, the land that God had already set aside for them. And God was ready for them to enter it. And God told Moses, he said, send out 12 people and have them go and spy out this land. Have them go and look at this land and, and decide how best to take it. And I will give it to you if you honor that. And so Moses sends out 12 people. Ten of them come back and say, We went and saw the land, and there's way too many enemies there. We cannot take it. Two people came back and said, We saw the land. There's a lot of enemies there. God told us we have it, so let's go take it. Those two people entered the promised land. The other ten were never spoken of again. There's never another mention of their name in Scripture. The Bible's very serious that the words we say dictate our direction. The book of James puts it this way in James chapter 3. It says, we put tiny bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. 
Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. The Bible makes it so clear. I don't know if some of you haven't ridden a horse before. A lot of you probably have. But I got to ride a horse uh, this last summer for the first time. And I got to actually do the whole process of, you know, putting the saddle on it. And I get to that point where you do, you put this like metal rod in this horse's mouth. And that's why when you're holding those reins and you pull this way, the horse's mouth gets pulled this way. And that directs the, the direction he goes. That, that points the direction he goes. If you pull this way, he has no choice but to turn his head that way and start walking. And I think the same thing is that God's trying to tell us that the same thing is true about the words that we use. When we say something, when we speak it into existence, that's the direction our life is going. That's what the Bible says. Point number two is my my words can destroy what I have. If we don't use our words for good, they have the power to destroy us. That same passage in James that we just read, I'm just going to continue the next couple verses. James chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Listen to what the Bible describes our words, or our mouth, or our tongue. When the Bible talks about our tongue or our mouth, this is what the Bible has to say about that. It says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire. An entire forest gets set on fire by one tiny spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of someone's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. The Bible says that our tongue is set on fire by hell. I think that we, I mean, it's not, we know this all the time that people get in trouble for the things that they say on social media. And I think so often we live in this world where our opinion has to be heard. Our opinion has to be the one that gets picked out of the crowd, that what we say is so important. But the Bible says, don't let your mouth control you because it will set a fire to the world and it will set a fire on your life. God actually gives us a a pretty wise word that some of us need to hear. And Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, it's kind of, I mean, it's humorous, but it's humorous because it's true. You know, it's a punch. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. That's the best advice some of us need to hear in this room today and in the world today. That's the the worldly advice that, that some of us need today. That we're just so focused on on speaking negatively about a situation or a circumstance or a person. And it's destroying our life. Whether we know it or not, it's it's destroying our life and it's taking us in a direction that we don't want to go. I want to just steer a little bit out of this direction though because... When we, we, the Bible does a really good job of this, of telling us things that are not healthy for us, like taking oaths, like telling lies, like things like that, like speaking negatively to people, choosing carefully the words we say. The Bible does a really good job of, of giving us these fences, like what, like what we read in Matthew 5, fences that are wise to steer away from. But the Bible also does a really good job of telling us what we need to have our eyes focused on. Right, like think about it in like a relationship example. The Bible doesn't just say, "Don't verbally mistreat your wife and don't fight your wife." Like the Bible, the Bible doesn't just say that. The Bible also says your spouse is a helper for you. 
You should honor your spouse. So like it, it gives us these fences of things not to do. But if we only just don't do these things, that doesn't, that doesn't mean our, our relationship is thriving. So God also gives us, he gives us fences, but he gives us areas to, to focus on, to thrive. That's the heartbeat of, of the vision of this church right now. We're in our, we're, we're, our, our word for the next foreseeable future is the word thrive. That if you're thriving in you and your relationship with God, if you're thriving in your home and you're thriving in your sphere, the people you come into contact with, that your life is going to be blessed in a way that you didn't expect. Jesus said it. He says, the enemy came to, to destroy you, to kill you and destroy you. But I came to give you life, but life to the full. I don't want you to just... I don't want you to just get through life. I want you to thrive through life. And I believe that Jesus doesn't just give us fences of things to avoid, but he gives us things to strive towards. So I believe that Psalm chapter 19 should be a prayer for a lot of us. It says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. That I'm not just focusing on the negative. I'm focusing on, my, my focus isn't on negative. I'm not even near the negative. I'm focused on, on the goal. I'm focused on, on where God's pulling me towards and I believe that the direction God wants us to go isn't just to, to take oaths and, and to, to, to speak ill or, or to, to let our, our tongue be a fire for hell. I don't think that's the thing that we just want to steer away from. Obviously, we want to steer away from it. But God's pointing, pointing us to speak words of life. That's what the whole Bible, as it relates to speaking, that's what the Bible is about, is speaking words of life. We're not just focusing on the fence. We're focusing on the thrive end of, of speaking. I believe that we need to speak words of life. And I want to give you four examples, four ways you can speak a word of life today. The first one is a word of affection. I believe this is one of the most valuable. And if this is the only thing you get from my message today, please just let this, let this be the thing. This is the, the biggest takeaway I can give you. Speak words of affection. There's nothing more valuable than telling somebody you love that you love them and that you care about them, and that you're proud of them. In fact, the Bible makes this very clear, that when we have a lot of examples in the Bible where Jesus went away to go pray to God, and, and times where Jesus goes and prays to God. We have a lot of prayers to God. But there are only two examples in Scripture where we hear God talking back to Jesus. Like, I believe it happened a lot, but we have two examples in Scripture where God actually spoke to Jesus. Publicly, And it's actually, it's so powerful because both scriptures, both times where God speaks to Jesus are the exact same words. And I would argue that they're the exact same words because God said this to Jesus every single time they had an encounter together. Every time Jesus prayed, I believe that God told this to his son. The first one comes from when Jesus got baptized. The Bible says that in Matthew chapter 3, it says, And a voice from heaven said, You're my son. I love you. And I'm so pleased with you. I am so proud of you. The next time comes on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus brought some people up to this mountain to see something that only, them, only they were going to get to see. And Jesus, he transforms into this beautiful figure. And it goes on and it says in Matthew 17, it says, A voice from the cloud said, You're my son. I love you. And I am so proud of you. 
I would, I would say that there's no more powerful words from a parent to a kid, if, if you're a parent in this room, to say, I am so proud of you. I love you so much. You are mine. I'm so proud of you. And I want to say that to you. You are my church family. I love you guys. I'm sure we're going to fight. We're going to butt heads because we don't always agree, but I love you guys. And I'm so proud of what we're doing as a church. We have fed the poor. We have clothed people. We have given people housing. We have built a building. We're doing so many amazing things. We've sent people to college to make a difference in the world. I love you guys, and I'm so proud of what we do together. Speak words of affection to one another. Number two, speak words of praise to one another. Good job. You guys did amazing. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. And this verse is cool because it gives us the fence and the thrive picture. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. That's the fence. But then it's, it gives us something to look towards. But only speak what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And so I would challenge you guys when, we, when you speak a word just to ask yourself before you send it, not after you send it, before you send that message or before you make that post, God, does this honor you? Does this benefit somebody today? Does, somebody, does this encourage people or does this tear people down? And if it passes that test, I would say that's an amazing word. That's something that we need to hear as a people. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Only what is helpful for building others up. Number three, speak words of healing. And the Bible, it gives poetry to how powerful words of healing are. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24, it says, Gracious words are a honeycomb. They are sweet to the soul and healing the bones. And I would challenge you to say that passage right there shows us that as a Christian, these are the most powerful words we can give to somebody who's not a believer. To show grace, to give gracious words to somebody to who's not a believer. Because as a Christian, you know, we, at, at some level, we understand that we have fallen short. We are sinful. And God gives us grace. Like that is the sweetest thing that our soul can ever hear. And I promise you that if you show grace in little, even little examples to somebody who's not a Christian, it won't make sense to them. And they'll be like, why, why are you doing this? And that's the most powerful example, most powerful opportunity we have to make a difference to somebody and invite somebody to know Christ who doesn't know Christ. When we give words of healing, say, I forgive you. I know there's no reason to forgive you, but I forgive you. I'll cancel your debt. Don't worry about paying me back. I know, I know you're struggling right now. Those words are so sweet to hear. When you show love and grace to somebody, they're sweeter than honey. And number four, words of faith. I believe that we as people struggle way too much with telling people who they are rather than who they can become. And that's speaking a word of faith because it hasn't happened yet. That's what faith is. In verse... In, uh, I almost did this again. In uh, Romans chapter 4, the Bible says this. As scripture says, I have made you a father of many nations. That's talking about Abraham. Abraham believed when he stood, here we go, in the presence of God who gives life to the dead people and calls into existence things that don't even exist. I believe that's what we as Christians are called to do. Offer people 
hope and life in a situation that seems dead and say, I know you're an addict. I know you, I know you feel like an addict. I know you believe you're, you're so far gone that you couldn't even come into church because lightning would strike. I know you feel like that, but I want to speak words of faith in your life. You can be more than an overcomer if you just give it to God. The Bible says Jesus can change any circumstance. Speak words of faith into somebody's life and don't just speak what, what is. The Bible says we speak things into existence even though they don't even exist yet. Because we speak in the faith of Jesus, the one who has the power to do it all. And I believe that, you know, that, that passage, that very first passage we read, our, our core text today, where Jesus says, don't take oaths. He goes on, and we, when we read it, it said, you know, don't swear on heaven because you don't own heaven. Don't swear on earth because earth is mine too. Don't swear on anything because you can't even change the color of your hair. Like a lot of us, a lot of us wish we could probably change the color of our hair, but we can't. We, we can't do anything to control our circumstance. And I think what God is telling us is that we spend way too much time living in our own merit Saying, you know what, I can do this on my own. I can do it. But the Bible is just, Jesus is trying to say, just let God in. Just let God do it. Jesus takes, Jesus, in the Bible, it does make, makes it very clear that Jesus has made oaths to people. He has made promises to people because he's the only one who can do it. And, the, and, and a, an example of that is in Acts chapter 2, verse 30. It says, but he was a prophet and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. And so God, God was making a promise to David. He said, you know what? Because, because of your faithfulness, your line will have the Savior. Your, your family line will have the Savior. And God kept that promise. He kept that oath. But the Bible in Hebrews tells us why God would make an oath. Like, it doesn't even necessarily make sense. Like, why would God say, I promise you this? In Hebrews chapter 6, it tells us this. It says, God did this because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God wanted to make very clear his nature, which is unchanging. God will never change. That means if God said it a long time ago, he's still saying it now because it's still true. It's still a promise. So if you're in here and you're fighting with a challenge today, go and read 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, that says, He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Go read Romans 8.37 that says, We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. If you're facing a challenge today, go read those scriptures. If you're fighting financial struggles today, go read Philippians 4.19, and it says, My God will supply every need According to the glorious riches of Jesus, he will. It's a promise. He'll provide. If you're struggling with some emotional challenges, go read Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light. Not, not my own, not, my, not myself. I'm not my light. The Lord is my light. He is, the Lord is my salvation. I have nobody to fear because he is my stronghold. I lean on him. I don't lean on my emotions. I don't lean on any other thing. I don't lean on another person. I focus on Christ alone. If you're having health struggles, read Psalm 103, verse 2 and 3. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. He forgives my sin and he cures my diseases. 
If you're afraid to go to the dentist, read Psalm 81.10 that says, Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. He, he has promises for everything. The last one was a little humorous, though. But if God said it, he'll be faithful to do it. If God said it, he'll be faithful to do it. We can count on that. That's something we can bank our life on. We don't need to bank our life on our own merits. We don't need to say, I promise on me that I'll do this because Taylor fails all the time. We don't need to do that. And James, in in, in the book of James, chapter 5, he kind of recaps what Jesus said in Matthew 5. It says, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear. Don't make promises, don't make oaths. Not by heaven, not by earth, not by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. And, And James understands that what he's saying here is he's saying, don't lean on yourself. Don't lean on your own merits. Say yes, say no. Do as as best you can to be faithful to your yes and no. But then he goes on, because this is verse 12. In the next three verses, he talks about the person we need to lean on. This is this, it's, it's no coincidence that this verse is followed by these verses. It says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. I had somebody in this church just come up to me right before service and say, hey, my granddaughter's sick. And we just prayed. I said, I, I, I want to just pray with you right now. It's so powerful. We were both tear, tearing up a little bit. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, let them pray and they will be forgiven. Therefore, and if, that's, if that statement's true, then the following should be true. We should confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that we will be healed. Because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That, verse, that passage right there just shows that we cannot do it on our own. It tells us to lean on others. It says, go to the elders and they'll pray. Go tell somebody else your sins and they'll pray. Like, we need everybody in this room to pray. We need everybody, everybody's prayer. We need to have prayer as a priority in our life. Prayer should, I always say this, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. A lot of times we get into a situation and we say, all that's left to do is pray. Well, that's the most valuable thing we can do is pray. It should, be, it should always be our first response. I would challenge you guys to have powerful prayers, to say, you know, pray, pray over, pray faith prayers, to say it's not in existence yet, but God, I'm praying for, I'm, I'm having a faith prayer right now. God honors big prayers because big prayers honor who God is. If we just pray small little prayers that we could answer ourselves, God, help me get to the car safely. Like, I mean, that's a, that's a good prayer because we do want that. But like, we could do that. Pray big, bold prayers too. Have both. Have bold, powerful, faithful prayers that only God could do. That It would have to be God to show up. That's, that's when we see God show up in our lives. Think of all the moments in history, like when Moses showed up to an ocean and he's getting ready to be killed and he said, God, I need your help. And the ocean splits in two. God can do anything. He has the power. We don't need to lean on our own understanding. We need to lean on the one 
who loves you more than anything. We need to lean on the one who was, who is, who is to come. He's forever. He's eternal. He has all the power. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And he makes promises to you that he will never fail you or leave you or forsake you. He's on your side. So we need to lean on him and not lean on ourselves. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. God, I pray that we can leave here knowing that if we lean on our own understanding, just like we read in scripture, it's not going to work out for us, just like it didn't work out for Peter or the king. It doesn't matter where we stand. Our our word means nothing unless we have you involved in it. And God, I pray that we don't just focus on the fence, focus on those areas where where we shouldn't be. But God, we should focus on the bigger picture and where you're taking us. God, that we can speak words of affection to our friends and our family. and We can say, I love you. I'm so thankful for you. You make a difference. We can speak words of of kindness, encouragement. We can build each other up. That's sweeter than honey when we show grace to people. God, I pray that we don't just focus on fences, but we focus on driving. And God, I pray that if anybody is in this room and they're leaning on themselves, God, that they would assess that it's honestly not going well. And God, that we would just say, you know what? I just need to give it all to you. Because when we give something up to you, that's the best decision we could ever make. And we'll never be more joyful than when we do that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.